All right. And uh, we have uh, the other speaker. He's, he used to be the uh, director of prophetic ministries at IHOP. Uh, and then he was in South Carolina opening up a house of prayer there. Just recently returned back to Kansas City. And he heads up the justice division that deals with things like human trafficking and, and abortion and different issues uh, regarding justice. Uh, his name is Kirk Bennett, and he's going to be speaking right now for us. Let's uh, put our hands together. So welcome up, Kirk Bennett. I'm going to stand it out of the light a little bit. How much cord do I have here? Not much. All right. So I'll try to move around so I can see everybody. have got obstructed view seating right here. And so uh, I want to be able to do that. Can I put... Yeah, so let's hope the microphone works. A little more volume. Check, 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 test, 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 test. That's good right there. If that's okay for everybody else. Can you hear me? Okay. Good. Up. Want to blast? Oh. It's just a mat. He wanted a longer leash. I like to move. I like to move. You guys see that dog when you came in? It had a short leash. Man, that's a rough job for a dog. That short of a leash. Turn his up way more. I need a longer leash. It's all good. This is good. You want me to project? I can talk loud. Promise. Check, check, check. Now we're ringing. That's too hot. Okay, so I got this great joke. This guy walks into a bar. Oh, no, wait. That's us. All right. Somebody got it. Okay, if you have a Bible, turn to Isaiah 61. If you don't, look at the front of your bulletin because that has Isaiah 61 on it. That's kind of interesting because that was the passage the Lord put on my heart today. <clears throat> this passage is a passage that that um, points to Christ. The way that we know that is in Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus actually quotes this passage and says, This is me, when he quotes this passage. But it's a passage of promise to God's people, but it's also a passage of empowerment to the church. That the church is empowered. And that passage begins out, Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach good news. And I love how when Jesus read that whole passage, He just kind of sat down in the synagogue, smiled and said, Today, that's me. I'm the fulfillment of that passage. And everybody's thinking, wait, this is Jesus. This is Joe's son. You know, He grew up in Nazareth. What is going on here? But the, the reality is that Jesus manifested the Scriptures. And He manifested this Scripture in a profound ways and powerful ways for three years. And He's still manifesting the Scripture. But now He manifests this Scripture through us. 
to His people. And, and it's, it's not any different in His understanding. This is not a different way of manifesting. It's more of the fullness of the manifestation of it. Jesus said in John 14, He said, you know, greater works than these you will do. And He's talking about because I go to the Father, I'm going to come by the Spirit and dwell on the inside and continue to manifest Isaiah 61. But I want us to look at this passage because I think it's very valuable to us and, and, and to places where God wants to move. You know, we have a lot of real nice safe places where, where we like to go for God to move. But a lot of times God will move in, in what we would call ridiculous places, but what God calls His places to move. One of those is just like here. He loves to move in places like this. He loves to come and meet His people where they are, and He loves to come and meet people that don't know Him right where they are. And God will chase after people. Now, sometimes people go, well, just let Him chase me then. But God will chase after the hearts of people, and He'll go into the most amazing places and touch hearts and heal hearts. Isaiah 61, Spirit of Sovereign Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach good news. Now this anointing that was on Jesus is an anointing referred to in, and you can just write this down if you're taking notes, it's anointing referred to in Psalm 45, verse 7. It says, because he loves righteousness and hates wickedness, God anointed him with gladness. He anointed Jesus with gladness, that Jesus has gladness as his anointing. Now, the anointing that's, that's referred to here is the anointing of what they used to do in the, in the Jewish culture was an anointing of oil, but it wasn't a little dab like you'll see in some churches, you know. You ever seen that? We want to anoint you. And they got this little bottle and they tip it over and there's this little dot of oil. Make sure you don't touch the clothing, ruin the hairstyle, you know, everything. The anointing that was referred to, I had this happen one time in, in Jerusalem, actually. It was outside of Jerusalem. It was at the place where Samuel lived, the prophet Samuel. And I, just divine appointment kinds of things. And this, this man turns around with this gleam in his eye and says, I want to anoint you with oil. And I'm going, okay. And he tells the guy, that one of the young guys that he's discipling, quick, go get the oil. And I'm thinking, all right, cool. And so he comes back with this jug of oil. It's about a foot and a half long, about six inches in diameter. He goes, can I pray for you and anoint you? And I'm thinking, with that? I don't know. And he goes, yeah, sure, it'll be good. Okay. So I kneel down on the ground. He takes the jug, pulls the plug, boom. And I'm going, oh my goodness, what is about to happen? He starts pouring oil on me, throwing handfuls of oil on me, screaming prophecies at me. I'm like, what is going on? power of God hits me. I'm literally face down in the dirt, shaking under the power of the Spirit with oil all over me. You know, When it says, anointed with oil in the Scripture... The word literally translates smeared with oil. It's not that little bottle thing. It's the oil smeared all over. One of the reasons oil was used was fragrance. And another reason oil was used was it sticks to you. And it speaks of the grace of God staying on you. In other words, an anointing is to last. 
And so that oil staying on you. So it sticks to you. So when it says Jesus in the Scripture is going to be anointed with the oil of gladness, it means that the, the heart condition of Christ constantly is gladness, is joy. And His ministry is based in joy. Now when you, when you seek to develop ministry in places where there's hurting and broken people, there's sin and sin industries... They don't need grumpy Christians. They need the revelation of joy. They need the gladness that was on the Son of God because He came with gladness on Him. A lot of times, Hollywood movies are just presenting Jesus all wrong. They're presenting Him as this stuck-fingered, grumpy guy. Oh, you of little faith. Do you not understand the Father? You know, Jesus had more joy than anyone. You know, I think about feeding 5,000. He must have had a blast doing that. That would have been fun. I think he got James and John and Peter. He grabs James and John and goes, Hey, let's watch Peter try to feed 5,000 people. They go, How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to have this little kid. We're going to swipe his lunch. Okay? (laughs) He's got a couple of loaves and a couple of fish. We're going to swipe his lunch. We're going to get Peter to sit them all down, and he's going to feed 5,000 people. Watch this. It'll be fun. They go, really? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Peter, hand out this bread to these 5,000 people. They give Peter like one loaf of bread. (laughs) Hand out them. Peter's going, all right, this ain't going to take long. Starts handing out bread. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. He looks down, and there's no bread missing. Peter's looking back at the people. Wait a minute. Hey, James, Sean, watch it. Look at that. No bread's missing. I mean, you can't have but a whole lot of fun feeding 5,000 people with one little kid's lunch. That is a blast. Jesus would go into situations where there was hopelessness, and he would bring hope and joy and gladness. Rejoice. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn back to the glory of the kingdom. It wasn't repent, God hates you. It was turn to the goodness of the kingdom. The word repent means to turn around. And so he was calling him, turn to the goodness of the kingdom. It's good news. Awaken. He's come. So anyhow, Jesus has this oil of gladness on him. And it says, the oil of gladness is for this, to preach good news to the poor. To the poor. Do you know that God's heart is for the poor? That His target audience is the poor? That if you, you, you want to see the movement of God in the earth, if you want to see real deliverance, it's to the poor. It's to the poor. I remember I had a team of people when we were in uh, South Africa ministering in churches. And we were in the um, we we're in the Johannesburg area, and uh, there are churches. And then um, near the uh, the city centers, not near the center, but on the outskirts of the city, you'll have what are called townships. And townships are mostly made up of people who are extremely poor, 
and they, they come into an area to be on the, near the city because they know there's resource in the city, try to get jobs in the city, but they have no homes, they have no cars, they have no anything. Many times refugees, they're similar to a refugee camp, these townships, there's about 80% unemployment. And if you're not of the black race and you try to sleep there overnight, you will not be alive in the morning. I mean, it's that kind of thing. It's really intense. And it's, it's you know, maybe 30 acres with a million and a half people on it. And that kind of thing, just packed in. And so the pastor of the church that I was uh, ministering at, his wife had a ministry into the townships. She goes, you want to go to a township? I said, you better believe it. I definitely want to go to a township. So we loaded all my team into a bus. You know, we're driving into this area. And, and uh, it's really intense area because two tribes have been uh, rioting the day before. We go into this area. And we're from a place called the International House of Prayer. And so my, my team that was with me were all singers and musicians who are used to um, uh, just ministering to God. It's a very clean atmosphere. It's a very wonderful atmosphere. And we're just ministering to God and praying all day. That's what we kind of do when we're in the house of prayer is uh, worship, prayer, and, and just praying for God to bring the good news into the nations, that kind of thing. And so we're driving through these little streets, and finally they stop in front of this little fenced-in compound. It's about the size of this right here. And we get out, and, and it's a little area where this woman has a, uh, runs a school, which is basically a little hut about the size of the bar area there. That, that has a metal roof on it, and you can kind of see right through all the cracks in the walls. A little hot plate with a, a gas burner with a little propane tank, and that's the kitchen. And, and she feeds all these little kids, these orphans, and they were there. And the kids are all just kind of standing there staring at us. You know, we're all white Americans getting off a bus, and, and these kids are like, what is going on, you know? And they have this little playground. And my team looks at me and says, what do we do? I said, go hug kids. Just go <laughs> hug them. See if it, because they won't let you touch them initially, but go play with them and they'll let you touch them and then hug them. Because they need to know love. They need to know affection. That's, it's just that simple. Just start by hugging kids. So they're there hugging kids. Kids are beginning to just melt in and don't want to let a you know, a, a young adult person go, and they're just kind of wandering around with them because they were, they were um, kids without parents, kids with, uh, you know, his parents were uh, diseased with AIDS and that kind of thing and left orphan, and parents were drug addicts and, and those kinds of things. And so um, we're just around with these little kids. And finally the teacher says, hey, let's teach these these." Uh, this team that's come, let's teach them the songs that we've been working on. So the lady didn't know where we were from, just from America. And she teaches them. And she has the, all the kids stand there, and just cute as could be. And they know these songs in English. The first song was called Praying to Jesus All Day. The second song was called Building Up the Temple of the Lord. And as they're singing these songs... Our team just begins to weep because here are these kids. They have nothing, but they have a hope in prayer all day and building the temple of the Lord. See, we thought we were bringing God to these kids. And you don't bring God to the poor. 
You go to the poor to find God. He's already there. He's just waiting for us to catch up. So we're going to preach good news to the poor. That's what, that's what this Messiah was to come and do. That's what He did. And then He imparts into us the very same thing. To preach good news to the poor. I want to give you an order of how that works. But I want to define the poor first. In the passage, if you have a Bible, look at your Bible. In the passage there in the English, it says to preach good news to the poor. And there's a semicolon there. That little semicolon means that the phrases after that are going to explain what it is, what the poor are. Okay? The poor are first, brokenhearted. Second, captive. And third, prisoners. Those are the poor. Now that's both natural prisoners and spiritual prisoners. That's both natural captives and spiritual captives. I don't know if you know, but when Jesus came into the earth, He came into a nation, Israel, that was under the captivity of Rome. They were in bondage to Rome. And they were harassed and oppressed And Jesus, in that hour, never broke that Roman bondage off of them. It very very much confused his disciples. Because they were expecting a Messiah in the political, a king in the natural, who would break the natural bondages off. And Jesus never did that. But he came to break spiritual bondages off of people. And he did that really well. It's called the crucifixion. He died for sins to break the spiritual bondage off of humanity. Then He rose from the dead to impart the life-giving Spirit into us so that we could then do the very same thing. Break the spiritual bondages. And that's our calling. And that's the calling on the poor. The calling on the poor is to be freed so that They can free others. It's not just about you. Have you figured out life is not just about you yet? It takes a little while. It takes a couple bumps and bruises to figure out life's not about us. We find ourselves thinking about us all the time and planning for us, us, us. But when the more you get to know God, the more you find out this is not about me. And that's very much where I was in that little African schoolyard. I went, Lord, this isn't about me, is it? He said, no, it's about me, really. It's about finding me. I live among the poor. You don't go here to bring me here. You go here to find me. And that's what he wants to do in this city. And that's what he wants to do in this very region. That's what he wants to do in this part. He wants people to find him. And you're those messengers. You're those representatives of who he is to find him. Now, I want you to understand preaching there because we've got a kind of a... a, 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 Wrong view, a more of a cultural view than a God view of preaching. When Jesus used the word preaching there to preach good news, he's not talking about just getting on a microphone like this and saying things. The preaching that, that um, Jesus was talking about, the preaching that the Word is talking about, is a manifestation of God. Okay? When someone gets up on the microphone and says things and goes and lives a completely different way, what do we call that? A hypocrite. Right? So if they're a hypocrite if they say it, but they are not it. 
Okay? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Beloved, it's time that we not just have a message, it's time that we become the message. There has to be a manifestation in our lives of the message. Okay? Now, how did Jesus have that manifestation? It's very simple. He says, I only do what I see the Father doing. Do you remember him saying that? It's actually in in, uh, John chapter 5, verse 20. Jesus walks up on the Sabbath, heals a man, and all the religious people get angry because you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, and healings work. I mean, that's like crazy. Here's this guy getting up who was totally broken, totally hurting. Now he's getting up. And the religious ones, who are supposed to be the representation of God, are mad at him for healing on the Sabbath. And in, in John chapter 5, Jesus says, well, let me explain how it works. My dad works on Saturdays. I work on Saturdays. That's how it worked. The Sabbath was on Saturday. And he goes, my dad works on Saturdays. So I work on Saturdays. He says the son can do nothing but what he sees the father doing. That's how Jesus operated. He did what he saw the Father doing. That's why Jesus was so confusing to that generation. And that's why Jesus is confusing even in our generation. Because he's doing what the Father is doing, not just our good ideas. And God wants to free us from the offense at him because God doesn't seem to do what we expect him to do. And so Jesus says, I do what I see the Father doing. In another place he said, I say what I hear the Father say. So we see that even preceding the doing, we have the encounter with God. That's called prayer. This idea that prayer is just saying things to get what you want is not what prayer is. Prayer is a manifestation of encounter with the Lord. You don't just pray, you pray to someone. That someone is God. And you're in conversation with Him, not just monologue with Him. Right? We, we, we need to understand the petitioning prayer is just one small aspect of prayer. And the depths of prayer are found when we encounter God. We are made to encounter God. Look, if we're not encountering God, then we have nothing to say. Because Jesus said, I do what I see the Father doing so He would pray, enter into encounter where He could see what the Father was doing. I believe they dialogue. They ask, talk. They ask questions back and forth. We get certain times in the Scripture where we get an opportunity to hear the talk. Like Psalm chapter 2, Psalm chapter 110. The, the Garden of Gethsemane. We're hearing the talks between the Father and the Son in these places. So God, the Father, and the Son are encountering one another. They're in encounter, prayer. And then out of that encounter, Jesus did, is the actions. They came from the encounter. And then He talked about it. Remember we said, if you talk about it and you haven't done it, or you aren't doing it, then you're a hypocrite. Jesus was not a hypocrite. Which means he had to have done it before he talked about it. Okay? So Jesus' model of preaching is not just speaking things. It's praying, doing, and then saying. He only talked about 
the realities that he had encountered and walked out in his life. And that's what he's called us to. He's called us to pray, do, and then say. And so much of the weakness of the church right now is that we're talking about things we've never done. And that's not to point the finger, but that's to say, hey, there's way better way than that. You can actually do it. You can actually have a witness or a testimony of encounter and transformation and transformation of others before you say it. And those are called God's messengers. And God wants messengers in this hour. He's looking for messengers. He's looking for those who will walk out the Isaiah 61 mandate to heal brokenhearted people, to free captives, to set prisoners who were in the prison cells free, both in the natural and in the spirit. That's God's calling to the church. That's God's calling on your life. That's why it's reasonable to do a, a, a worship center here in the midst of the hurting and the poor. Because this is where God is. We're here to find Him. He's here. He's among the streets. Look, you guys, if you just, uh, I, I would just urge you to park a couple of blocks away. And not just, you know, air conditioning, sweet car, you know, nice ride down, right to the back door, hop in before anybody sees you, hop back out, you know. There's a manifestation of love that you have. It's been given to you. I dare you to walk in it. Watch what happens when you, when you hear the voice of the Lord in your prayer time. Park over in that parking lot. And walk over there. But Lord, my car will get stolen. Who gave you your car? Well, I earned it. Well, you'll earn it back after it gets stolen then. <laughs> well, you gave it to me. Well, then it's mine. I can do with your car whatever I want. Park over there. Get over this fear thing. You're carrying light. You're messengers. The gospel of Jesus Christ. You're called to manifest Him into the earth. This is your calling. This is why you're here. If it's not why you're here, then you probably don't belong here. This is to manifest the kingdom of God in this place. And He delights in it. I have a friend and, and she has a ministry and, and she goes plays piano bars. And she... Uh, she plays in these smoke-filled bars, and she's just a radical, on-fire believer. She plays in all, all the bars, just like this, you know, cussing and swearing, the whole thing. And she'll play the piano bars, kind of like the karaoke thing. That'd be another great strategy, the whole karaoke deal. And she'll, um, <clears throat> she'll be playing at the piano, and she'll bring a whole bunch of art supplies with her. And about halfway through, she'll have one of her friends just put art supplies on all the tables. And she'll say something like, hey, draw me a picture of your heart and put it up here. And they'll put these pictures up there of what their hearts look like. And some of the most amazing artwork. And then she'll just wait on the Lord as she's playing the piano. Just look around the room and start singing prophecies over people's lives. And go, hey, I just got a song for you. And sometimes she'll use 
language with God in it, and sometimes she'll use language just with the tenderness and love in it. And people will be crying all over the bar. It's just amazing. There are so many ways to reach God, isn't there? And God has made all those ways through His Son to free captives, to set hearts free. But we need our hearts freed first. But it's a little late now because you're in a bar. <laughs> but it is time. We want that. We want that place of, of hearts set free, hearts loose, hearts glad. This was Jesus' ministry. This was the delight of His ministry. Jesus began His very ministry. He went up on a hill. He stood on this hill. A crowd just gathered on the hill. The first words out of His mouth were, Blessed are the poor. He was talking about the people right in front of Him. And He was talking about the people that we would see like that. He goes, Blessed are the poor. Oh, aren't the poor blessed? They had to have been thinking, What? Oh yeah, they get the kingdom of God. They get the kingdom of God. The poor get the kingdom of God. That's what they get. And I wished I'd have known this earlier. Maybe I wouldn't have strived so much to get the kingdom myself. Maybe I would have been willing to make myself poor, to humble myself and go, God, I need you no matter what, no matter what I get in this life. Maybe I wouldn't have two parallel tracks that I had to try to run on simultaneous. One called the God track and one called real life track. Maybe I would have had a reality earlier in my life if I'd have known the poor were blessed. The poor had the kingdom available to them. The poor who emptied themselves, who humbled themselves. See, if you read those Beatitudes, I don't know if you've ever read them. I read them a lot. And I used to read them thinking I was a mature Christian. And I knew God real well. And so I'd pop up those Beatitudes every once in a while for the beginners, you know. Blessed are the poor, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the merciful, they shall see mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, they will see God. And I would just read through them kind of, Blessed are the poor, I'm not that. Blessed are the merciful, I'm not that. Blessed are the pure in heart, I'm definitely not that. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Nah, never happened. And I would turn the page and go, that's for the beginners. And the Lord's going, hello. <laughs> Didn't you just say you weren't any of those things yet? How is that for the beginners? I went back and looked at those and I began to realize that Jesus manifested every one of those. That for our sakes, He became poor. He intentionally chose to become poor. He is the most merciful ever. He is the most pure in heart ever. He received the most injustices ever. Of anyone. Because he was pure of heart and had done no thing wrong. And yet he manifests every one of these. The point of those Beatitudes is for you to realize you're not that. But that the Spirit of the Lord will work that in your life. 
It's to help you understand what God the Holy Spirit is doing inside of you. Doesn't this explain a few things? I mean, you get saved and you think, life's going to be great, I'm going to be rich now, it's all going to work out, everything's going to be well, we're all going to be healed. No, the Spirit of the Lord is working in you. Poverty. Mercy. Purity. By poverty, I mean humility of heart before the Lord. I'm not talking you just... Get rid of everything, but sometimes that's a good idea. There's a lot less batteries to charge if you do, I can tell you that. But he's talking about an emptying of self. The Holy Spirit is like doing a house cleaning in you from day one. Is he not? He's in that house. He's in, you know, it's your body, but it's his temple. And he's going through that temple on a regular basis. And he's going, we don't need that. We don't need that. It's like someone going into your deepest closet of secrets. Going, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that. Whoa, 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 slow down here. He's going, no, I live here. This is my house. It's your body, it's my temple. I'm going to purify my temple. And he brings us to the holy, uncomfortable place of preparation to encounter God. That's what we're called to We're called to be the ones prepared to encounter Him. So He's going to do house cleaning. He's going to work poverty in you. Poverty of spirit is what I'm talking about. Purity in you. Mercifulness in you. Righteousness in you. These are the things that He's working in you. And because of that, you're going to have really rough days. Because of that, and some of you know, because some of you are fasting in this hour, you, you, you find this battle going on in the inside. It's far more intense than you ever thought. And the enemy is wreaking havoc. And the flesh is wreaking havoc. And the Holy Spirit is wreaking havoc. And you thought that when you fasted, everything was going to be glorious. The heavens would open up. Oh, the music of heaven. And you find yourself in this hard place and all you can think about is pizza. You know? It's like, I just want a pizza. This is crazy. Well, Jesus in chapter 6 of Matthew says, here's the key. It's a lifestyle. It's prayer, giving, and fasting. Do these three things in a hidden way so that no one else knows. And the Father will reward you with what? Encounters. He'll reward you with encounters. It's not a job to earn money. It's the gain of the things of heaven on the earth so that you can manifest the very same anointing that was on Christ will manifest on you. And that's what He's calling us to. And so I think God wants to invite us into that. Into a lifestyle of being poor. Of saying, this stuff is not important. God is the one I want. To be wealthy in relationship with God. Not because the things that you have are inherently evil. They're just inherently distractions. They just pull your mind. They just pull your heart. They just pull you after all that stuff. And pretty soon you've got to write songs like, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. Because you, you ended up with so much stuff that distracted you. Right? And that's where God is with us. 
God's going to start taking us up on some of our songs. You know that? You ever sung that song? Blessed be the name of the Lord. You ever sang that song? Yeah, that's Job. <laughs> yeah, a little nervous laughter in the room. That's literally Job. <laughs> that's what Job sang when his kids were all killed in disasters. The Lord God lives and the Lord God takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. See, God couldn't get us to embrace the Bible, so he wrote us some worship songs. Gets us buying in that way. Okay? Why? Because he's working a work in you. It's a work of love. It's a deep work. I said this morning, once you can learn to sing in the wilderness, you can sing anywhere. And he's teaching his people to sing in the wilderness. Once you learn to sing on these streets, you can sing anywhere. Once you learn to sing in the dry land, you can sing. You'll be able to sing. You'll be able to manifest the oil of God through your words, through your heart. It'll be authentic. It won't be this phony mumbo-jumbo to get somebody in and doing what you want. It'll be the authentic, the, the reality of the heart alive and the heart working on the inside. Does this make sense? Good. Let's pray. Lord, I don't think we need any more convincing. I think we know there's a reality. I think everyone in this room does. And Lord, I pray that that reality would manifest in lifestyles. That there would be a people, no matter what their lot is in life, no matter what they're given, no matter what their job is, that there would be a people identified by themselves personally, very first, that they would be identified in their own understanding as ministers of the oil of God as ministers to free captives, to set prisoners free, that instead of trying to store up treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and robbers break in and steal, that we would store treasure in heaven today. Today. We would store treasure in heaven today. That the treasure of a human life turned around and brought back to you would be a prized treasure to us to render to the Son of God. That the treasure of a heart healed and a life saved would be so valuable to us we get consumed with it. That the treasure of knowing you and encountering you every day of our lives would be of the highest priority to us. That we would not marry you in covenant and never never talk to you as a real being, as a real person. Lord, I pray, awaken us. Awaken us to a prayer, pray, do, then say lifestyle. That we would be true witnesses. True witnesses. Lord, we need true witnesses. I ask for your Holy Spirit to come. That there would be a manifest presence here. 
that you want to raise up true witnesses of Christ. Lord, we don't want to play Bible games anymore. We want to become a reality. We want people to be able to touch a reality. The people who come into here who are hurting and broken, angry and frustrated, wounded from the very early days of their childhood. Now they're caught in places like this that they can't seem to find anything but maybe a little someone who will listen to them in a place like this. God, I pray, come, manifest reality through us. We don't want to play ministry games. We want the authentic ministry of Holy Spirit. I want to invite you to receive the Holy Spirit. Just simple instruction. Paul gave real simple instruction on the Holy Spirit. He said, here's how the Holy Spirit fills you. You receive Him. That's how He fills you. You receive Him. I know if your mind was like my mind, you would just be going, nuh uh. Yeah, that's really how it works. You receive Him. You receive Him. Paul said to the people in Ephesus, He said, Be filled. Don't be drunk with wine. There's a perfect place for that. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with Holy Spirit. So he's contrasting those two things. He's saying there's a natural way to have high pleasure in the natural in your life. Don't do that. Be filled with the high pleasure of the Spirit. Now if he tells us to be filled, it must mean we can This is Ephesians 5. He wouldn't tell us to do something that we couldn't do. He'd take us a little further around to help us get there. But he says, here's how it works. Be filled. Which means he's on the outside and now he's going to come into the inside and fill you. Be filled. So Holy Spirit, come. I just want to invite you to be filled right now. Whatever it takes that you know in your life, or maybe you've never been filled, whether it's stand up, sit down, put your hands out, open your mouth, whatever it takes for you to do what Paul said. Be filled. I had the Holy Spirit come to me in the midst of an awakening that we're experiencing profoundly in Kansas City. And he said, you're one decision away from being filled with the Holy Spirit. I said, what do you mean? He said, be filled. Decide. And so, Lord, come. Manifest your grace on this people. Come. Overtake darkness with light. Come. Fill with Holy Spirit. Fill with Holy Spirit. Be filled. Be filled. Come. Bring your presence in this room. Touch your people. 
He dwells on the inside of us, so he can increase on the inside of us. We can either take him in from the outside, if he doesn't dwell in us, or we can allow him to increase on the inside, his manifest presence. Be filled. Be filled. Lord, release that presence, that wind, that wine, and that fire of your spirit onto your people right now. Come. Fill up. Fill up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. More. Be filled. More. Increase your presence. Increase your presence. Be filled. Thank you, Lord. Increase. Increase. There's a lady back here. You're back at the very back on on the wall. Right back there. Yeah, you. Uh-huh. Can you stand up a minute? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. It's interesting that you're standing that next to that wall because I had a vision of you actually standing at the wall in Jerusalem. There's a wall there called the Western Wall or the Wailing Wall. And I saw you standing at that wall and you were digging your fingers in between the rocks, the stones in that wall. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but if you'd ever like to go there, just ask the Lord. And, and he'll take you there. But the Lord spoke to me about your digging in in intercession. And that you have a, a, a prayer grace on your life. And it's hard for you because there's lots of things to keep you busy. But the Lord is going to set you in a place where you can pray. And, you, and there will be a prayer grace. Because I, I perceive that he's saying it's a longing in your heart. For, for real time before the Lord in the p- place of prayer. And um, I just believe that uh, somehow music plays into that and a song is going to enter you from the Lord. And it will help you to get to a place in the spirit where and in your life where your heart can flow. Because it's like your heart, you don't feel like your heart can flow all the time. And he wants your heart to be able to flow. And uh, you need to know whether you hear a song in the natural that the Lord sings over you. He has songs about your life. And he sings over you. And, and are you married? No? <laughs> you don't have to be embarrassed of that. <clears throat> That's okay. I don't want to prophesy anything wrongly. Um, because our hearts are, are, are uh, made to choose. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Well, I also saw the Song of Songs, chapter 2, where Jesus comes to, uh, or, or the, the bridegroom comes to the Shulamite, and he says, come away with me, run on the mountains. And uh, I just believe there's a call coming to you to, to not leave your residence, but to run on the mountains. And, uh, and it's, a, it's a call coming from the Lord onto your life. So, Lord, just set your spirit on her right now. Set your Holy Spirit on her and touch her with your goodness. That she would know the call of God to run on the mountains. And it's a, it's a wonderful call in Song of Songs 2 and then again in 5. And, and you'll experience a measure of both of those. 2 and 5. Good. Honey, you have some things? wanted to share a, just a, a story that the Lord reminded me in relationship to the prophetic. Even as Kirk and some of us have been prophesying, we had a group of students that realized that within the area in which we live in Kansas City, they had a lot of fortune tellers and a lot of witchcraft that was taking place, uh, much like here in, in, in Korea. And uh, our students recognized that they, was, they were going to have this here fair and that all the, uh, it was for all the fortune tellers to gather in one area. And uh, they said, well, we can go there and prophesy. And so they rented their own uh, area. They rented their own booth in this fortune telling fair. And they called it Sons and Daughters of Yeshua. And uh, they, uh, so they, they took a team out where they were charging, all the others were charging like $10 for their fortune telling and the prophetic words. Uh, 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 they, they said free. They just wrote free. And so all of a sudden, these people are coming in into the place of the prophetic and uh, they're receiving words from the Lord free. And we basically put everybody else out of business. And... Uh, and but the key thing is the people were coming into Jesus. The words were all pointing toward Jesus. And I just believe in this group, here in this area, that the Lord wants to release the prophetic. And that in the midst of the prophetic, here in this area, that you will actually reach the streets, reach this area with power. That you are sons and daughters of Yeshua. And that you will, you will step up. And there will be power on your words. And you'll take the area as you speak the word of God in power. And they'll no longer want to go pay for, for the word of the Lord. They'll come to this house. And, um, so Lord, I ask that in the name of Jesus... That you would fascinate this group in the power of your spirit. That you release the prophetic in power in the midst of this group. This church. That it would be known as a church on the hill. That would have understanding of the Most High. And God, would you release that anointing of power upon this group.
What we're going to do is we're just going to continue to minister this way. And as we give prophetic words, I want some of our team to just go out and pray for the people we we share a prophetic word with. And, and so that's ministering kind of that flow into them. And I want to encourage any of you to um, pray because I, I think the Lord wants to touch some people with healing and that kind of thing. The lady back in the back, you have the uh, green shirt on. You're standing right against the wall there. Yeah, just nod your head. Gotcha. Okay, you know it's you. Okay, I just want to make sure you know it's you. Um, I saw an angelic being near you, and um, I believe it has to do with uh, the Lord wanting to assure you: one, you have been brought here by the Lord, and 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 you you have purpose here, and there's much that's been given to you. You're you're uh, you're carrying a creative spirit all over you. And uh, there's much that's been given to you in the way of being able to break through in the spirit. And I think you might even have a spiritual heritage from the Lord that carries through um, uh, even the bloodline or something like that. But um, there's a call um, and you're going to be a part of calling people to a gathering. um, and And I don't mean the ministry called the call. I mean a gathering, a Joel 2 type gathering. And uh, you're going to be a part of uh, beckoning people. You're a, uh, if that's a word, a beckoner. You beckon people into the kingdom. And uh, he's put a delight and a beauty of the Lord on you. And, and it's for that purpose. Um, and Cassandra, I saw the Lord give you, it's Cassandra, right? I saw the Lord give you a new pair of shoes, a new share of pair of shoes. And, and um, he, he said to me, he wants to give you a medium. And that's not a, a witch. He wants to give you a medium. And what it had to do with was, just as an artist has uses the medium of pen and paper to get their heart exposed or out into a place, he wants to give you a medium, a new medium to get what's on the inside flowing to the outside. Because you have a both an upward and an outward call on your life. And he wants to combine the two. So he's giving you a new pair of shoes. And I saw they look like dance. But I'm not saying you're, you have to dance. But they look like dance shoes. And I think it had to do with just delight and joy on your life. And, the, and then um, he says, I'm giving you a new medium. You're going to receive a new medium. So Lord, come and bless Cassandra right now. And, and, and do this uh, uh, shift and yeah thank you Lord thank you Lord we ask for missionaries right now we ask for mission minded people into this city the Lord wants to call mission minded people into this city mm. Mina the the um, the Lord's just been highlighting you. Um, you're a delight, and you've just so blessed our team with your presence. It's just unusual. Our team goes, we like Mina, you know, and, and it's just really cool. You're a blessing, but you're very sensitive. Um, you're incredibly, you pick up verbals and nonverbals really fast, and it's, it's a gift, and it's a grace. But uh, uh, the, the Lord just showed me you went through a, a very difficult time in your childhood um, to forge the joy that's on you. On you, in other words, it wasn't joy. You were just always happy, but it was joy that came through some very difficult things. 
and, and you've chosen joy and you've chosen to not be offended, which is something I think the Lord wants to minister big time um, to us all. But you've chosen not to be offended. And, and because of that, the Lord is allowing you to be a maiden of his hand or a handmaiden, one who moves, who, who watches the hand of the Lord, who knows the face of the Lord, knows the pleasure of the Lord, and to move as a maiden of his hand. It's not um, servitude in a negative sense, in a slave type sense, a bondage sense, but it's empowerment to do what God is doing, just like Jesus said that he's given you a ministry of a grace to do what God is doing. And so, Lord, set more grace on her that, that she would feel the pleasure that you have over her life right now. And the Lord says he's delighted with you as a daughter. You're a delight to him. And he's so pleased at the decisions that you've made to choose him and to give your life to him. And he sees, and your rewards are coming. They're on the way. And I just see them like FedEx packages just being set in front of your door. The rewards of heaven are coming to you. And it will manifest with gifts. Someone's going to give you a gift soon. And I just it doesn't have, don't anybody in this room do that to try to fulfill it. But um, <laughs> someone's going to give you a gift soon. It's going to come out of the blue. And that's a, a, a prophetic uh, kind of... Uh, tip-off. It's going to come out of the blue. And so, Lord, I pray for just a, a grace, a fresh grace on Mina. A fresh grace. She is a true heart of the Lord daughter to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, there's um, this um, dimension. We haven't addressed it, but I, I feel it's real important that we address it. Um, we talked this morning about um, unforgiveness. The, the unwillingness or the inability to forgive or forgetting to forgive or not knowing that you need to forgive. And that it's very important that we get there. But towards God, we don't ever actually legally forgive God because he's done nothing wrong. But we get offended at God, usually for what he doesn't do. And, the, and we take up offenses and we don't realize it. And, and I'll tell you one of the ways that it happens is we, we, get un, we have unforgiveness towards a person, but we don't understand really why God let us go through that. And even though the person we need to forgive for the sin committed against us, we carry on an offense. Why did God let that happen? Why didn't God come in and do something? Why did, and then God wants to free people from offense right now. If you can relate to that in any way at all, I just want to urge you to stand up. If there's something in your heart that goes, why didn't God, why hasn't God shown me, told me, done something? If, if, if you can relate to that, I want to urge you to stand up. We want to ask for the, the release of offense out of our hearts. And you're not kidding anybody if you sit down right now because uh, everybody knows everybody carries this. Uh, trying to be nice. So if you want a fence out of your heart, I prayed. I did a 40-day fast. God, get a fence out of my heart. And then he sent people to offend me. I was like, Lord, I wanted a fence out of my heart. He said, well, how do you know if it's gone unless I send people to offend you? And so the Lord wants to free us from offense. 
Not for the things necessarily that he did, but what he didn't do. If you can relate to that in any way, this is not a measure of your spirituality. I want to urge you to stand up right now because it really is a ministry he wants to do in our hearts. He wants to get us free from offense because he doesn't do many times what we want. I had a season where the Lord came to me and he said, Hey, Kirk. And I said, Yeah. He said, I can't be manipulated and I can't be controlled. And I said, Amen. Right on. I agree with you. He said, That's right. And I can't be manipulated and I can't be controlled. And I went, Okay. So you're trying to tell me something new. He said, Yeah. And I can't be manipulated and I can't be controlled. And I went, you're telling me this because I've tried to manipulate you? He went, yeah, and it's impossible to manipulate me. It's impossible to control me. I said, so this isn't just a good sermon topic. He said, well, it is, and I can't be manipulated. I can't. He began to unwrap that thing in me that thinks if I do this right, I'll manipulate God. If I say the right thing, if I do the right thing, that's what get God to do what I want Him to do. He wants that out of our hearts. Because it hinders us from the fullness of God. Why did George get called and I didn't get called? Why did this person get a calling on their life and I have no clue? And God's going, so are you offended at me? Lord, I pray that you would help us to release offense to you right now. Are you willing to just get that out? Let the Lord take it out. That place you've held against him that hinders more of God on the inside of your life. Lord, I pray, free your people. Free us. I've gone through seasons. This is an ongoing work that happens in the believer's life. John the Baptist sent his disciples. They come to Jesus. Are you the one? Or should we look for another? They're saying, are you going to get John the Baptist out of jail? That's what they're asking. He goes, go tell John. The blind see, the deaf hear, and blessed are those who are not offended at me. P.S. I'm not getting John out of jail. It's not what Jesus did that offended people. It's what he wouldn't do. Because he was living by a glorious revelation. Lord, I pray, release us from offense right now. Right now. We give our hearts back to you afresh. We say, we choose not to be offended. We choose that there's a better way. You give, you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We will not be offended. We choose to not be offended. To open our hearts again to you. And say, you're driving. You're steering. You're leading. It's your GPS. It's your map. You have the right to rule in our lives. You have the right to walk us through difficulties. Lord, free us from the pain of what happened and what didn't happen right now. Right now in this room. Right now in this room. Just say say this prayer. Say, Lord, I don't want to be offended. I choose to not be offended with you. I know there are things that you haven't done. And I think you should have done them. But I'm not offended. 
Can you say that? Can you let that offense lift off of your life? Because the Father wants to be nearer. And we take up offense. It's a choice that we make. We take up offense. To say this, Lord, I release all my offenses towards you. Can you say that? I and I release all my offenses towards people. I trust you to be my provision. Now just as we're praying for those, I want anybody that, that is sick as well to stand up if you need healing in your body. Come, Lord, right now on those who are releasing offense right now. It's time to just release those offenses. The Lord will show you what they are if you ask Him. The Holy Spirit's really good at searching your heart. Just say, Spirit, search my heart where I'm offended at you for what you did or what you didn't do. Search my heart, Lord. I want to tell it to you to get it out of my life. I don't want to be offended. Free me from offense. Lord, free them right now. Free them from offense. The, the lady back here in the blue, in the very back row, yes, you stand. I just, uh, I, I just believe the Lord. Uh, uh, you've asked the Lord to just smear you, like what Kirk had said, smear me with anointing, smear me with the oil, and uh, and I just, uh, and there've been some ups and downs, some bruises, and some different things that's gone on, but the Lord says, I, I'm, gonna, I'm anointing you. I'm smearing the oil upon you, and and, and uh, it's just it's for a place of uh, of preaching, it's for a place of pleasure, it's a place of the pleasure of the Lord, and I just I just see him just just smearing the oil all over you, and um, the late the lady back here with the glasses, in the very middle, yes, uh, who are you from? Where? Texas, yes. Uh, I, I just, uh, I just uh, see the kindness of the Lord. You're a kind person, and uh, and and the Lord delights in your kindness. You're you're one who 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 finds the positive in the midst of the people around you, and you you know how to you, you have that prophetic nature that you you know how to exhort and encourage and uplift and strengthen. And, and the Lord says, I put that there. And uh, and he said, I'm pleased the way you you guard your tongue. And uh, and he he just wants you to to be an example and and help others move into that place uh, of just uh, uh, of releasing that particular exhortation, and uh, but to be positive in the midst of it. And I just uh, um, I, does that make any sense? Okay. And uh, but but just keep pressing forward. Articulate. Uh, and show people how to move forward with guarding your tongue. And brother, I just, uh, I just, I know, I thank you for being in the military and being a U.S. soldier. And uh, and uh, but I just see the Lord saying, "Power evangelism, power evangelism, power evangelism." God, I ask that you release power upon him. That there be signs and wonders go through him, and that even in the place of ministry, even on the base. That they would people, that would be a breakout or revival and renewal. That you would establish ministry with power, 
and God, I pray that he would be one called to be rejoicing. Even like, again, like Isaiah 61. Smear him. Smear him with anointing. Smear him with all anointing and release him into the fullness of power. Another word for my, my sister back here uh, that we had talked about from Texas. Second Timothy, number one, verse seven, uh, and, and it basically, six and seven. There, it basically says, "God did not give me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind." And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, all fear we break its power, and God, we ask God that you release power, love, and a sound mind. Give her that anointing. Let her know who, what her calling is. We break off the power of intimidation. And God, we ask God that you would allow this one to stand up, to walk out in power, what you've called her to do. That she would not move back, but she would step forward under the power of the anointing. Power, love, and a sound mind. And Lord, and, and even, guys, even in here, even as a word is given, and you said, that's mine. Why is he giving it to somebody else? You stand up and claim it. You, you stand up and claim it. That belongs to me. This power anointing not only belongs to this brother, but it belongs to many of you. And so you just stand up and claim that. Say, I take that. I take that. I take that in Jesus' name. Remind me of your name. Marcus. Stand up, Marcus. Lord, ask her you touch Marcus in a very special way. Lord, we thank you for his his courage and but his meekness. Lord, we ask that you release in him also this power, power evangelism, power anointing. I just hear the word justice over you. Justice. 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 Mm, uh, One who does acts of justice. Release the acts of justice in power. Yes. 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 Whoever needs healing, just stand up. Come, Lord. We ask that you'd release the power of healing, spirit of healing. Release the spirit of healing, Lord. Even leave a residue in this room. In this room, leave a residue of healing power. Guys, gather around. Anybody that's standing, gather around them. Go ahead and gather around those. Just release it. Shut up. 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 Shut up.
In the other locations, there were several with back injuries. There were several that had back injuries, lower back injuries, and other stuff. If that's you, just stand up. Just wave your hand if you got a lower back injury or a back injury. This gentleman back here in the pink shirt, and I think your family is over there on the back row. Um, you have the pink shirt on you right there. Belinda's praying for you. And your family, is is that your family over there? Uh, you all got the same color uniform on. I figured that was your family. <laughs> and uh, I saw the three letters DNA written over top of you. And um, I felt like it was divine national assignment, that you've been given some kind of divine national assignment in the Spirit, and the Lord's about to bring a spirit of wisdom on you to understand how to walk that out. There's some sort of divine national assignment, and uh, your wife is an intercessor, and it's going to be key is praying this thing through 
this divine national assignment. And uh, your children, uh, I saw your children like in a bubble, in a protective shell, and that um, you, the, as long as you stay in your assignment, and this isn't a warning as much as a promise, um, the, the Lord's going to be around your children and, and guarding them because you have a heart for kids and, and for the children, um, you know, growing up pure. And uh, the Lord's going to do that. He promises to do that. I've got your kids. Walk out your assignment and uh, this uh, national assignment that you have here. <clears throat> Good. I want anyone who's on the team that kind of leads in this in this little project here, this little church here. Anybody on that team, just come up here to the front and just stand right in this little open area. If you're on the team that just kind of leads this thing. <clears throat> So we want to just wait for his spirit to come. He wants to put a prophetic impartation that you could lead this through encounters with the Lord. He wants to give each one of you encounters with himself. That, that grace, and I think you, you know this, to, to do what he's doing and to say what he's saying. We, we want to honor those who are on that journey of going after the poor and the hurting and, and, and uh, you know, you're just in that, that laying the groundwork of prayer right now. The Lord's with you. And so, Lord, let your spirit come upon them right now. Let your spirit come upon them. Give them the heart for the poor. In the heart for the hurting. The Holy Spirit, invade their lives right now. Invade their lives. The promise of that fullness, the great advantage called the Holy Spirit. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away because I'll send Holy Spirit. He'll dwell on the inside. I ask for faith to enter them right now. Faith to enter them right now. Belief right now that the compassion He put in you is for purpose to manifest the power of God. To manifest in prayer and in doing and in saying. That all three, that Isaiah 61 mandate on this fellowship to manifest, pray, do, say, the word of the Lord. I ask, let it come. More. More. Let's have some of our team come in and pray for them. More. Release to them. Release to them. Effectual favor right now. Effectual favor. Provision. All the worry of money would be off this fellowship. All the worry of finances would be off of this fellowship right now. Release to them. Release to them a favor out of heaven. All the worry of finances. Break it off right now. There's provision for the vision. God is pro-vision. He is for the vision. So he's going to provide for his visions. Lord, release pure vision and the provision to do all that you say to do. There's no doubt he will provide for what he says. Lord, let it come. Let it come. Let it come. On the leaders. Let it come on the leaders. So they can give it away. They can give away all that you give to them, Lord. Spirit of grace, come. 
Spirit of grace. Spirit of grace. It's bigger than you think. It's bigger than you think. When forerunners try these little things and they seem so hard and weak, it breaks away for many to enter in. Many to enter in. As long as you don't need credit, the Lord will do amazing things through you. As long as you don't need credit for it. He'll do amazing things and you'll get rewarded in heaven in an amazing way. By the Spirit, the spiritual rewards. Lord, I pray, consecrate this team. Consecrate this team right now for spiritual reward. That their reward would be a man, Christ Jesus. To see Him face to face. To hold Him. To know Him. To encounter Him. To see His eyes like fire. I pray now in this room for all that need healing, all that want to touch, Lord, come and touch them right now. Just stand up anywhere in the room. If you want to touch from God, just stand up. Lord, come and touch them right now. Come and touch them right now all over this room. Anyone that wants a touch from the Lord, come and touch them.
fire. At least the fire of God. Or you're being touched by the Lord. Let's say, oh, give me more.
Hey guys, I want to I want to bring your attention to some of the some of Kirk's uh, resources that's in the back table. 
uh, Kirk is not able to give this kind of speech. He's kind of under the influence in this bar. And, uh, and uh, if, you, if you just put your hand up here, we'd love for him to just be so under the influence for the rest of this journey. So just kind of put your hand up. The Lord, more! More for Kirk! Fill him up! Oh, new wine! New wine! New wine! <laughs> oh, pour it out upon him, Lord. Oh, days upon days. <laughs> oh, let, he, let us roll him into J. June this week. <laughs> or next week, up to the. <laughs> hey, this is a, a internship that Kirk actually did several years ago. It's three CDs. And uh, it, it is one of the, uh, it's called Life Decree. And uh, it is uh, Awakening to the End Times. And it's about the abortion strategy. So if, you, if you'd like to know more about this, grab a hold of this at the back table. And uh, I think this is just, it's a powerful CD. So grab it. Grab it. And I'm, I can give them away, right? Here. Can you give that away to somebody? Yes. And this is a contemplative, contemplative. <laughs> That's the internship. That, this is the internship. Okay, what was the other thing I just gave away? Oh, that was the bound for life message. Now, this is the, what I just said. Okay, this is the internship. And, and so if you just grab a hold, yes, more Lord for Kirk. Hey, guys, while Kirk's wasted up here, y'all buy all his stuff, okay, where you won't have to carry it home. And uh, and so this is uh, this is the internship that we just talked about. <laughs> and uh, and so here, let me give this away here. And this is the red thin line. This is uh, Kirk's daughter Katie actually did this concerning the abortion, and it's, war- it's songs that she did in Kirk preaching on it, and it's really excellent. So it's, it again is concerning the the, uh, the justice issues of abortion, and uh, and a lot there's much of concerning justice back there. Also, there's a meditation journal that you really need to grab a hold of, and it's it's really will allow you to help you move into the place of the presence of the Lord. And so grab this thin red line. <laughs>